0: Hi everyone, this is Danny, and welcome to the Soul Stories podcast, an extension of Soul Stories, where we host conversations for healing and change. This season, we are focusing on mental health and healing. I hope these episodes are both eye-opening and give you a chance to reflect on your own journeys. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Gabriel is a Brazilian therapist and an incredibly warm, meditative, and introspective person. This is a really special episode because he is my current therapist, and we dig deep into the therapeutic process. I talk about what I'm currently working through, and Gabe shares intimate stories that really illuminate how beautiful and challenging healing can be. We talk about being triggered, childhood wounds, and strategies that we use even when they don't serve us. This conversation is informative and insightful. I had an awesome time with Gabe, and I believe you will too. Here it is. Gabe, how do you say your full name?
1: Gabriel de Oliveira Duarte.
0: Damn, I don't even think I can repeat that. (laughs) Um, So tell us where you're at right now. Where are you coming to us from?
1: Okay, I'm in Brasilia, Brazil, the capital of Brazil, for those that don't know. And it's my hometown. This is where I was born.
0: Nice. And um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do?
1: Who are you? Um, Yeah. So I used to be a mechanical engineer. And then I had like a big quarter life crisis. And for the last like four years maybe five years maybe I've been working now as a therapist training for many years and now working as a therapist what do I do I meditate a lot I love like connecting vulnerably with people to sharing what's arising in the moment I love exploring like trauma emotions like hidden patterns of mine And how did we meet again? How did we we connect? Do you remember? So we have a friend in common, Carrie Ann. Hey, Carrie. Who is
0: on the season, actually.
1: Yeah, I saw that, yeah. She's probably going to see this one. So shout out to Carrie. So I was going to do a a training in in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And then I'm a broke Brazilian guy. (laughs) US dollars are pretty expensive for me so i asked her if she could like set me up with someone in denver or boulder like that could give me some shelter and then i found you too you and chelsea
0: honestly it was so cool because i feel like there's just some people in your life that you just immediately hit it off with and there was just i felt like something between us where i was like well we're gonna be friends and like close friends
1: yeah it was really quick right Yeah, Chelsea too, just like really connected.
0: Yeah, that was right around the time when Chelsea and I were first moving into this place. And that was a pretty pivotal period for us really too. We're moving
1: out from that like bigger house, right?
0: Yeah, moving out from the co-op, the Orbis Institute that we were just living in. And while you were here, you were just studying to become a therapist, right? At the time?
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: What was that school you were at?
1: That was the relationship school.
0: Mm, With Jason Gaddis, Exactly. And, you know, this season I've talked to a therapist, a psychiatrist. I've talked to an empowerment coach. I've talked to a meditation coach. I've talked to therapists on all different ends of the spectrum. And I'm curious just where you see yourself in that, like, in the spectrum of therapy.
1: Mm. what what do you mean can you be a little bit more specific
0: like what's your focus you're not a classic lcsw from the united states you know Mm -hmm. um, that has your certification from you know boston university or something
1: something like that yeah yeah like what i've discovered within Mm -hmm. my body my emotions my experience is that every single like struggle that i have in life comes from inside normally from trauma unresolved trauma and and so like as i've been healing all these traumas inside myself that's what i bring to people like clients come to me since i know that from my own experience i guide clients into like looking at their own traumas taking ownership for their emotions and yeah that's not the normal like academic like life that i had but it's more from my experience actually do
0: you mind sharing some of those experiences with you like were there experiences growing up that have guided you into this field
1: yeah for sure so so many like there there was sexual abuse at the age of eight that mm. definitely like now i can see like many years after that that like It was a big, big wound that led me to lots of struggles, which led me to work on those struggles. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've worked the most with within myself is just what I call the engulfment wound, which is when someone like invades you energetically or physically or verbally, which is related to the abuse. We can get like highly triggered and very emotional so i always struggled with that one and
0: what do you mean engulfment wound like somebody crosses your boundaries but not in a physical way
1: yeah so let me give you an example there's Mm -hmm. so many things that i over the years i've kind of created a list of things that i consider to be invasive Mm -hmm. which can be like giving unsolicited advice Feeling like someone judging you, criticizing you, telling you what to do, what to think, what to feel, what not to feel. But even things like just being the presence of someone that is sharing from like a not responsible place, we could say, or a victim-y place. feel like blaming. Yeah, just like being the presence of someone blaming. It's like they're throwing energy in the air and it comes like at us. So all of that... Physical, of course, uh, abuse—all of that can, like, are someone yelling. Many things. All of that can trigger like some deep wounds from the past. And for me, at first, I have many examples. But like my mom, one day I was watching a soccer game with her, and she just looked at my knee, my right knee, looked at it, and, and said just like, oh, "You got an ugly knee," like with tone of voice. And I went into like a deep shock state. Really? Which is, is like went, my body went numb, my mind was super foggy. I couldn't move, couldn't Like talk. a
0: disassociation?
1: Yeah, like a big disassociation from my body, yeah. And that doesn't come from the fact that she's telling that my knee is ugly right now. It's way more related to things that happened in the past, if that makes sense. It's maybe like 5% now, but 95 trauma.
0: Yeah, and when was that? When did she say that, I mean... Like uh, a few
1: years ago, like
0: three years ago. So you're well into adulthood and you're just having like a trauma reaction.
1: Like a deep trauma reaction. Yeah, like shock, like blah. When did you... small thing.
0: When did you first start working on that? And what was that experience like when you first started to work through your trauma?
1: What comes up for me? I'm not sure if it was like the first thing, but like the engulfment one. Mm -hmm. I went to a seminar. And I had gone on a trip with Danny, my partner, and I was like changing my diet and I was doing intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and she was like triggered. She would agree with that, the, the, like I wasn't eating breakfast. And for her at the time, now it's just like, we make fun of it. But at the time it was like a really big deal for her that I would eat coffee, like have breakfast with her Mm -hmm. during the trip. So she was invading me she was like manipulating me i could say like emotionally manipulating me like i can't believe that you're not eating with me like
0: like guilting you
1: yeah like shaming me in a sense and i was in complete denial that i had the engulfment wound or anything so i went to the seminar and i asked them like so i'm not scared of her or anything like that i just want to know like how to proceed like should i just say no and they and then they were like, okay, just close your eyes a little bit. What's going to your body? And then I was like so much fear, anger, like what did
0: you feel in your body at that time?
1: Mm, I think it was like shame first for like becoming aware of something that I was in denial. There, mm-hmm. there was like this feeling of like shit, I've been in denial, and now I said I wasn't scared, but now everyone's seeing that I'm scared because there were like 60 people. Yeah. Then the fear, probably in my chest, I would guess, like my throat, like tension.
0: So you felt this kind of embarrassment almost.
1: Yeah, like it's...
0: What pushed you to like look at that in a more, in like a deeper sense to start to work on those feelings?
1: Mm. it's funny i often think about that not just with me but also clients and other people were like what leads us to look into our shit we could say yeah i think there is like a psychological and like spiritual even like predisposition that i have that i'm just like naturally inclined to go look at this stuff i guess that would be the most accurate answer like for me or this day it's just like a there's like a, something inside of me wanted to go there. Maybe mm. even more than in, like regular people, I don't know, like everyone.
0: Yeah, well, I totally resonate with you in terms of, for me, and this is what I think I'm hearing, is I have always been naturally introspective. Like I've wanted to learn about myself. And... I kind of feel like, and I don't know much, but in my experience, I feel like people interested in learning about themselves in that way are drawn to this field too. Because it it gives us more resources to do that, and more skills. Does that resonate with
1: you? Yeah, for sure, yeah. But it's funny, because like, one of the things that led me to this work was the professional crisis that I was having. But it wasn't just that, yeah there's just something that like i can't explain that took me led me here
0: like an intuition
1: and, yeah an intuition and it and it's strong now i see i wouldn't know that before but it's really strong like this desire to heal to explore yeah
0: yeah that's funny talking to you you know this is going to be one of our early episodes released Um, even though we're recording last but I just spoke to Christy who's gonna finish out our season and that's kind of what she talked about too is just like a natural knowing it's it's not something you can like pin on but like this is the path I need to follow
1: yeah it's like and I have so many friends that we could say that we were like in a very similar path and very similar things happened but like we went very different routes what do you mean I went like fully into this like therapy, like psychological, spiritual exploration. And they didn't, they just like, they continued with like the more like, regular like life in mm-hmm. a sense. And, and I can't really like pinpoint like what was the difference? Like, cause we were all struggling like with the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of mysterious. Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, you say regular life, and I kind of interpret just that in a way like everybody has their own path. I know people have, you know, talked to me about being in mental health and stuff. And the word admirable has been thrown around with the kids I work with. And I really don't like that word because I'm like, I didn't just wake up one day and be like, I am going to sacrifice myself for the greater good of children. You know, <laughs> like it was like, it was like, I wanted to work with kids, you know? <laughs> exactly. <And if> you, <laughs> it's like,
1: it's not even a choice. Like, Yeah, it was my
0: want. It wasn't like I was hanging on the cross like Jesus Christ or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's so easy to like attach like our value to like being. And, oh, yeah. yeah, totally. So easy. Part of the reason I wanted to
0: have you on is because you're my therapist too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I've talked a lot about therapy this season and it's been really interesting because finding you was big for me because how, how old are you Gabe?
1: 29.
0: I'm 29 and so it's like going to a therapist at my, my age is something I just like never thought I would do let alone somebody that I'm friends with.
1: Yeah it's kind of not the usual
0: route. <laughs> no. And I think there's, you know, I don't think this is I route I would recommend to everybody because I think boundaries and therapy is really tricky. Yeah. And, really- and I've mentioned in the past, I've had, I think you're my fourth therapist. And my first therapist was super enabling. My second therapist is emotionally abusive. My third therapist was absolutely the most transformative part of my life. And you have really come into my life to work on my intimacy issues Um, and just like my fear of getting really, really close in a relationship. It's something that's haunted me. It's something that, um, yeah, my commitment issues feel like the core of my trauma,
1: yeah, some deep stuff, right?
0: And this may be self-indulgent, doing this on a podcast, <laughs> but I find it okay. interesting. And I hope other people find it interesting too. I'm mostly doing it as a way of just kind of like laying it out there and hopefully it can benefit somebody. Or maybe I'm doing it for my own narcissistic desires.
1: You've got to always be open for that option. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah, and um, I kind of want to talk about that with you. I'd love to. Yeah. What's your experience been just being in therapy with me, and just like with others? And I know you really focus on relationship issues.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, how it has been with you therapy, right? And with others? That's the question, right? Yeah,
0: I know you're really. Like I really don't mean to make myself the whole focus. I, I know that you're really passionate about relationships, and I know you really like people triggering each other. And I, honestly, I think your favorite word I've ever heard from you is trigger. And I kind of think you should get a tattoo that says trigger
1: on it. I love getting triggered. I think I, think <laughs> I love that too much for my And maybe you can give the listeners some background on what you mean okay yeah just i guess one of the greatest leaps we can do in our development is to that's my experience at least and what i've seen people is to instead of like reject our triggers and just like want to avoid them with all we have is to open ourselves up to the fact that we are getting triggered because we are like all the the time and just like, yeah, just changing the perspective and seeing it as just like an opportunity for healing and growth. It's so easy to say it, but it's really hard to do it in real time. Mm-hmm. And, but it's basically just like when you get triggered, just like having that knowing that like, ah, oh, it's just an opportunity for healing, just opening your heart uh, and accepting it.
0: Can you define trigger too in the way yeah. you see it?
1: The trigger uh let's see it's uh it's when we get like an emotion a flashback and normally like unconscious flashback from the past something someone something happens that triggers like anger fear anxiety even excitement like emotions normally like it could, it, they could be mild, but like let's say strong emotions in us especially mm-hmm. negative emotions but also positive ones hmm that's a trigger and in my experience normally like 99.9 percent of times it comes from the past like from some unconscious place
0: and how do you see people coping with that and what do you think prevents people from facing those triggers
1: yeah so coping there are many coping mechanisms right like a few come to mind just like there's like the aggressive coping mechanism it's like we try to change other people we try to change life to not feel what what's coming up Mm -hmm. there's more like the pleaser coping mechanism where we can we betray ourselves to not rock the boat to not also to not feel there's the dissociation one addiction uh, the avoidance also so there are many mechanisms to in my experience the the root of it all is just like they're all just a way of not feeling what's arising in the moment which is normally painful
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what else did you ask
0: yeah i mean you can kind of answer what prevents people from oh yeah. like, facing them
1: <sighs> it comes back to the thing that we were talking at first like there's some people like you for example i'll use you you're in my experience very like you're just open to feeling your pain and going there and like seeing painful truths about yourself
0: you're just saying that because because you're, you're in front of me that right, that's
1: now. right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and there's nothing like better or worse about that it's just how you are like, uh-huh. and Yeah. so there's some people that Maybe like, let's say you, maybe like for you, it could be just more like guidance that is preventing you.
0: That feels so, like it for me.
1: Like you have the motivation, right? To to go in there?
0: Yeah, I have the motivation and I consider myself introspective and it just feels like there are things that are hard for me to access without the support of another. Like you are so good at just Helping me relax and like feel things, it's almost like you're holding my hand when those emotions come up. Um, Mm -hmm. because when those emotions come up normally, I have every defense and distraction to choose alcohol, video games, work, soul stories, anything. And I also don't think it's realistic to always be facing our emotions all the time. I think distractions are a part of life, but what you do for me is like you don't let me do that and but you do it in like the gentlest kindest way
1: yeah and it's almost impossible in my experience that someone alone can see like all their defenses coming up and and like let them go because they're so ingrained they're so automatic so it's so helpful right like Mm -hmm. hey danny just like slow down a little bit what do you notice now did you notice that thing ah you want to let that go do you want to come back so yeah a little bit, so like for people like you, I would say guidance, someone like maybe modeling to slowing down. But are there some, are some other yeah. people that they require, I guess, more like cognitive explanations. They need to really understand what's going on and like to really get it like in a logical place first. So yeah, there, there are many types of clients, yeah, you know, people. Do you ever have people lash
0: out at you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Give me an example of that.
1: (laughs) 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 Like, like, this woman came to my mind now. So I had this couple once, and they Uh had, like, they were married for, like, 20 or 30 years, and they were really fucking resentful, like... Of each other? Of of each other, yeah. Of course. They had been, like, repressing and, like... Just Not like talking. acting out in their trauma for 30 years. So there was so much. And They came to therapy. And the guy, it's very like the, the how do you say the word? Like the stereotypical like scenario. I don't know. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: Stereotypical.
1: So it's like the guy is more shut down, emotionally unavailable. And, and the woman was more like in touch with her emotions. But like a lot of anger was coming out and i like to like gently like help her see that her anger was hers and like the solution wasn't changing him and that like we had to go in there and feel the anger and that it actually came from the past but she was like very like so reactive like so she would get right. triggered like every two seconds because ready to fight were, yeah. yeah and i would stop her like every single time like oh, okay time out, time out. Let's like, slow down. And at some point, she was like, "I'm not fucking slowing down." <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> <It> just like. <laughs> and then I had to like all oh, time, all time, all like, "Set about you with her." Did
0: it, and, did, how did that end up? Did you keep working with them, or did, was it just too much?
1: Yeah, I didn't. That was the last session. But we we ended on like a a nice it it wasn't bad like we were like at least it didn't felt like she was really resentful it was just like i was like okay like in order for me just me it's my approach to do work we need to stop and feel the anger and stop projecting it yeah and it's okay if you project it but we need to have like that shared reality that that's where we're going and she was like yeah that's not for me and then okay so
0: yeah that's interesting i appreciate your like lack of control in the situation you're like hey this is an invitation like you're welcome to come with me this is what i do and if you're not ready for it like i'm not gonna fight you on this
1: yeah and and like it might just be my method is not right for her or maybe she's not open or whatever right
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that i really appreciate that because i have been in different areas of mental health and Even sometimes mental health providers like blame their patients for the session not working.
1: Oh, that yeah.
0: And I could see how easy that would be to be like, "You're projecting, and you won't take accountability." It's just really nice to hear how open and compassionate you are about the people you're working with.
1: Yeah, and I see that so much too, like in my life. And I've felt that way. And I've, I've actually act, acted out a few times also, like with clients. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I remember once <laughs> that I, like, because it's like in my experience, it's just like that we, the therapists, we get triggered and we get hooked. And there's just something about us that we're not seeing, that then we get attached to the person seeing something or doing something. Yeah but it's just because we're in denial about something. There was like this one session where I was like triggered, just like a little bit aggressive with my client. Just like, no, let's do this. You got to see this. And then, and I couldn't see it like during the session. Uh huh. And then after the session, I was just feeling like like tension in my throat. Uh-huh. And then all the shame in the world, just like becoming aware that I was triggered and projecting it all on her
0: yeah what did you do after that
1: i called her and i said hey can i share something with you i just want to own something that happened uh that wasn't responsible it's probably very hurtful and but she wasn't she was so this happens a lot this is really dangerous because she wasn't like the problem is me i fucked up like gabriel is perfect and
0: like she was lifting you up on a pedestal."
1: exactly that happens a lot so she was like he would never make a mistake if he was being more like energetic i was being aggressive if he was being more energetic it's be, it's for my own good it's so oh man i've seen that dynamic so many times so i guess it's so important as a therapist because we're in a, in a position of power like to really own our shit and it's okay sometimes it's gonna happen.
0: Like, you're gonna get triggered. I mean, we're not perfect.
1: Yeah. So it's not like you can never get triggered in a session and, like, fuck up. Of course you can, because it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I feel so passionate about mental health. Maybe not even just because my mom overdosed on painkillers when I was 22 or something and survived, Mm -hmm. if you're just listening to my story for the first time. But because i think going through the emotionally abusive therapist i went through a few years ago it was really painful to come out of that um, and i don't know if this season is encouraging people to get help or not because i've, I've brought that up a few times <laughs> but but i firmly believe in discernment in mental health in like finding people you connect to that you trust that you feel safe with i would never choose a friend normally to be my therapist but there's something really <laughs> <you know, laughs> but there's something about working with you where it's like you do such a good job of once it's done and if me and you chat on whatsapp or we connect otherwise it's like therapy's not happening and you're not treating me like a client you're treating me like a friend again and it's, yeah. i just feel so safe because the boundaries are so clear and I think it's really important to have somebody you feel like you can have strong boundaries with, you know?
1: Yeah. That's so important. I guess like if we were closer, it would come to a point where we wouldn't be able to do it.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Speak on that.
1: Yeah. That's my experience. Cause
0: like if we had known each other for like
1: many years or something. Yeah. Or, or if we were like hanging out a lot, I love doing this like non-traditional stuff of like therapy to friends, but it's really tricky, really fucking tricky. Yeah. Because let's say we we're hanging out one day,
0: uh-huh.
1: I do something that triggers you, and and you think like and you let me give you an example. I talk to my partner in a way that feels aggressive to you, or something yeah. like that. I don't know, and then like th- something breaks, like. In the dynamic, I feel like if we cannot clear that up, if it's not one hundred percent like always clear our connection, yeah. And oftentimes with friends, like all of my friends, there comes a point where I think something, they think another thing, and we're still like maybe someone is in denial about something or working through something. Uh huh. And then there's like this mistrust that is built that really impacts the work in a sense.
0: That makes sense. I do like that and that is giving me some perspective on what I'm saying because I do think I mean we haven't hung out since you became my therapist yeah Um, you would visit um, Colorado once a year I I think I saw you two or three times for like a week or two at a time and it does feel like our relationship has shifted because of like the role that we've established
1: yeah it's important that it shifts in a sense but we can also be friends like uh, uh, and like yeah and maybe one day like we'll get triggered something and we'll, eh, feel awkward and then we have to talk about it
0: for sure. yeah and then i'll just lash out at you
1: and <laughs> yeah you motherfucking game <laughs> i actually have a better example yeah i think wasn't that good but like let's say danny my partner is talking to me and i set a boundary with her uh-huh And let's say that you, just like an example, you are still in denial about, like, how it affects you when people are, like, have have the energy that Danny was using on me, let's say. Mm -hmm. And you are not setting the boundary. Let's just say that I'm right in this one on setting the boundary, and Mm -hmm. you are still not setting the boundary. When you see me setting the boundary with Danny, it's going to feel like, oh, like, Gabriel's being, uh -uh, like, he's shutting Her down, like he's being aggressive or something. Mm -hmm. When in fact it could just be that like you were really scared to do that yourself. And then we have like a big dynamic going on now.
0: Are in this scenario, are you saying that I'm witnessing you set a boundary with Danny?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I'm judging you because I'm not used to you setting that boundary.
1: Exactly. Let's say just an example.
0: Sometimes like setting a boundary can be misinterpreted. If it's like new, if people aren't used to you doing that, it can be interpreted as like an attack or something.
1: Exactly, yeah. And then it's like, how can I trust this guy if he's doing that? So it it, it creates something, yeah. In a sense.
0: Yeah, it's sensitive. As you mentioned, like that person that you were working with projecting onto you and lifting you up on a pedestal that i'm sure can happen a lot in a place where somebody feels so vulnerable and like is releasing so much
1: oh for sure i've been in that place many times also just putting my therapist on pedestals
0: yeah how has your process been like what's that been like
1: for you (laughs) it's gonna be good no one is ever going to another therapist now because i just had like a big rupture with like my oldest Therapist, because (laughs) in my experience, right, he was being really invasive and abusive. Yeah, really, yeah, just happened like a week ago or so, still really painful.
0: I'm sorry, dude, that sucks.
1: Yeah, it's really tricky, really tricky. It's
0: tricky, it takes work, I feel like, to find somebody that you can really trust and. Also, that can like meet the needs that you have. So, I think a good example of this is Jenny, my previous therapist, really worked through the initial like breaking through my trauma, the really deep and dark and heavy resentment I carried towards members of my family mm. and the feelings of worthlessness and hating, self hatred. She really got me down to my core. And I feel like I gained so many skills. So when I'm going to you, it feels like a new challenge, but it feels like I already have a foundation coming to you. And so with that foundation, our work to me becomes less heavy. It is heavy work, but it's not, you know, if we're comparing it to a video game, the first session with Jenny was like hard mode, facing Mm -hmm. like the final boss. And Yeah. And with me and you, it's like an open world video game where I feel like I'm exploring with somebody and fighting different, you know, evil people along the way, video game metaphor. (laughs) And yeah, it's just different, the level of difficulty and challenge. And so I I say all that because I feel like it's important for people to find
1: therapists who
0: will meet them where they're at at the time yeah
1: it's so different like you said like the first time someone is getting in touch with their emotions their trauma it's really fucking intense yeah yeah you need go lower it's, it's very different yeah.
0: yeah well let's talk about me <laughs> um i want to talk about some of the strategies you used um, okay That's yeah good. And some of the strategies you like to employ, because honestly, some of your strategies just feel pretty accessible, like people could even utilize them themselves.
1: No, for sure. Yeah. One specific that you remember or do you want me to just share?
0: I think about you take me into this memory of I'm like five years old and I'm in my mom's room Mm -hmm. and my mom is really sad and I can't help her and i can picture it just like growing up with the cigarette in her hand and the mountain dew You're back in there bedroom right? and i'm and there and i'm just curious about like how you get me there and like what your process is
1: okay we yeah let me let me so so one thing that is really like at the core of the way that i do my work is getting the client in touch with The wound that is, so anytime a client comes to therapy, so it could be anything, just like any problems, like I kind of know by now, right? That it's like, oh, a wound is being triggered. There's a wound inside that is being triggered. Even though it doesn't seem like it, normally it's the case. So you want to like in a session, at least I want (laughs) to, to get the wound triggered open again during the session. So we want that to happen in the here and now. So we can explore it. Does does that make sense? Yeah. And there are a few ways you can do that. So one way is like just the person sharing about something. You can just ask them like, how do you feel right now sharing this? It's always about coming back to the body. And the person might be already feeling like, ah, just sharing about this again. I feel scared or angry or something. And then we're there. Like the emotions are here to be explored. Or you can do, like, a little exercise to help the person to, to like, invite the emotions to come back up. It could be a visualization exercise. It could be, like, looking at a cushion and visualizing also something, someone. And so this is normally how it works. Like, let's say someone comes and is like, oh, because I had this thing with my partner. And then we went, okay, so I want you to get in touch with how it felt in your body. At that time, when you had the conflict,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so any of those exercises, and then the person like visualizes or did, does does something, and then you like I can and you can do that also for yourself too, like in your house, just like visualize what happened, the event, and it's, and in, a, a thing that I like doing is just like telling my body, just like okay, I want to feel the pain, I want to feel the anger, I want to feel the sadness, I want to feel whatever got triggered in that moment. Just invite it to come up as much as it needs to be, as big as it needs to be. And the body just has a way, if you're really open, you will start feeling like energy moving through your body, tension arising somewhere. Mm -hmm. then we can explore that.
0: I want to take a moment and pause to thank all of our patrons for their financial contributions and monthly donations. It goes a long way to bringing this podcast to you in a high quality format, as well as supporting the volunteers at Soul Stories. If you want to become a patron, it's as easy as $2 a month You get bonus content and the link is in the bio. Now let's return to our conversation.
1: And normally, like, I guess that's probably what I did with you. I'll just invite the client and you can do that at home too. Just like to feel where it feels like the tight, like the tightest. Yep. Yeah. In your body or where you feel like the emotion is most alive in your body. Bring all of your awareness there. Just feeling it. Then a great question is, where have I felt this way before? How old is this emotion? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Just by feeling it, connecting with it, memories start arising. So probably this is what happened. Like you did a visualization with something that was happening right now. I took into your body. You probably like, let's say, connected to your chest, some tightness. And then I asked you that. And you're like, okay, when have I felt this same way in the past? And then memories just come up normally. And you're like back there. Whoa, like five years old and many other things, right? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's that's totally what it was. And it's so interesting because I thought that feeling wasn't mine. I was blaming that feeling on someone else in my life. And so then when you take me into that feeling... And then my current reality fades away and I'm just in the memory and my body, which you do a good job of not letting me fall into my memory. You like really keep me in my body to feel through those emotions. It's helped me be like, oh, this, oh, is, this is mine. <laughs> it's just been
1: here for a long yeah, yeah. That's one of the biggest shifts someone can, can have is like, oh shit, it's been here since I'm five. Yeah. So, ah, so it has nothing to do with this person.
0: Yeah, and it couldn't that sense. no matter like insert person A, B, C, D, E, F, G, that feeling's gonna get come
1: up. Yeah, because it's here. Yeah, that's I wouldn't say it's a requirement for healing, but it's when you see it like that, it's just ah, it's mine, then you're ready to just stop wasting like energy there and coming inside, right?
0: Yeah, man, there's I've spent so much time like blaming my and you know these emotions still come up and even after doing this process with you i still have these feelings come up and it it sometimes it'll take me days to be like oh it's mine like i'll still be stuck in blame for many hours Um, yeah
1: that's so common yeah it's so fucking strong like the the fear normally
0: yeah what is like what is that why would i even want to hold on to that feeling it it doesn't even make sense, you know, it just, it
1: just makes my, it just makes my life harder, you know? <laughs> I love the inner child metaphor. So we can think that like for a little like child, mm-hmm. just feeling rejected, it normally comes down to, to like being scared of being alone, being rejected. hmm even if it's invasion, nor, like, if we go, like, all the way, like, working through the traumas, it's always just fear of being alone, fear of being. Really? Child. Yeah, normally. Or fear, fear of death also, mm. of not existing. That, that's a big one, too. And, and like, for a little child, because we, we really lose touch with that, but, like, when we were really young, just, like, mom or dad, not like looking at us really affectionate. Just like small things for a young ch- child. It's like, holy fucking shit. They might abandon me. Mm-hmm. Mom is not like giving me unconditional love right now and attention. It might mean that she's going to abandon me and reject me. And if she does that, I'm, gonna I'm no going to die.
0: Because you have no way of taking care of yourself.
1: I'm going to die. So it's like, it's like if there was a lion like in front of you or like a snake. It's so so strong. I cannot emphasize this enough. Yeah, and to not feel that fear, right? We we create these protections of blaming of whatnot, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 like in a sense for for our nervous system, it's like if I let go of the blaming for the child, it's like I'm gonna die. I need to keep like in a sense it because it could be like blaming could be just like crying and asking for mom to come yeah and nowadays it's blaming it's like eh. but for for our nervous system it's like if i let go of this strategy i'm gonna die so i'm not
0: wired in it's wired into us from such an early age
1: and it's so deep so strong so it's like i'm not gonna even let you become aware of this you're just going to react like If there was a snake coming at you, you don't have time to become aware and feel it, right? So it's so, 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 so strong.
0: Yeah. It's not about our like logical brain. It's about this reactive system, our nervous system and how we respond to it needs to be that quick to protect us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it just so happens that like now that we are, it was really useful as children. Like our lives really dependent on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But now that we're adults, like being rejected or abandoned, it's, it's not going to kill us. But for our bodies, right? It feels like... So we're really attached to our strategies. Even though it creates suffering, it keeps us alive in a sense, right?
0: Yeah. It's comfortable. It's, it's, what, it's like, for me, it's what I know. It's, it's, how I, it's how I've spent many, many years. And I've lived, you know my life's been fine. You know, I could, I could, imp- I could say that and like get away with it, you know? Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah,
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. I feel like I need to schedule another session with you soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I'm Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What have been some success stories that you've come across and like some moments that you've felt really proud to be a therapist?
1: Oh, there's so many. Let's see which one comes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get to uh-huh. so many like beautiful moments. There are two that come up like stronger now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one is so like wrong. <laughs> So, I I was doing like a group therapy, Mm -hmm. and my brother was participating. So, that's the wrong part because you should never do therapy with your brother, but (laughs) not anymore because we hit that that point where it doesn't work anymore. And, and me and my so this one is so special because my brother has been like suffering with depression for the last 10 years,
0: younger or older older Mm -hmm.
1: two years older and and he's had like five many therapists but i would say like four or five like that he went like more times and he has always been so invaded and misunderstood and invalidated and just really abused emotionally abused in a sense because he struggles with a lot of anger and that's normally very triggering for many therapists To have Mm -hmm. like a very angry like client. Yeah, I could see that being really hard. So he had a lot of like anger energy coming out, and he was really shamed for that so many times. And so it was like such a deep cycle of shame and going for help, and then it would just like get things worse. And and he stayed ten fucking years in depression. That's a lot of time, a lot of time, and. It wasn't just, like, the work with me, for sure. But a lot of it, like, so I taught him, like, this this model, like, that it comes, even depression, it comes from wounds. Normally, the shame wound, which is another one. And how to deal with it. And, and we did, like, maybe 20 or, like, 24 sessions. I'll give you an example. Yeah, so just one thing that, It happens so much here in Brazil, I guess, in in America too. Just like almost everyone that I know here that has depression, it comes from a deep trauma that like our worth is attached to being like professionally great or to achieving stuff in life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and he has that one like big, big time because he was really shamed as a child. And... And then he would go into, like, this deep, like, shame uh, attacks. That's how I call that. And he didn't know how to navigate that. Just, like, and when you go into a shame attack, like him, at least, you can go, like, trying to get things done to not feel the shame. Like, oh, my God, I need to be the best in the world. So I need to work. I need to get shit done. Like, Mm -hmm. pushing. And when that doesn't work, you collapse many times
0: yeah i can relate yeah
1: right i think everyone (laughs) really and and so the solution of like i mean i'll just like give a short summary of it is to just like see it for what it is ah i'm having a shame attack right now and to feel the shame either the collapse or the urge to to do something Mm -hmm. just go inside and just ah just be with it just breathe just release it so there are many things you can do and, and when we get into a shame attack normally there's like a very judgmental voice inside of us like a, an inner judge
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: like you're a piece of shit you can't even wake up you can't even work you're such you'll a never s-
0: figure it out
1: yeah you're worthless mm-hmm. and for me a big part of the healing process is also getting in touch with a more like compassionate voice inside of us and so we, we did lots of sessions in which he, he was just like feeling his shame and getting more in touch with his heart, his wisdom, which, which says something more like, oh, it's okay that you collapsed this time. It's a deep fucking wound and it has nothing to do with who you are. You're lovable as you are. There's no like pressure pushing and like, ah. Yeah. And... And he's been doing like, not just with me, but with other therapists also, like a lot of work. And now it's, for the first time in like 10 years, he has been able to finish something, like a course that he has started. And he lost like 30 pounds and he's feeling like great. Of course he still has like some fallbacks, but he really feels like, and I, I can see it too, that like his energy is moving, he's healing a lot of stuff. The, the depression and shame attacks are way like less powerful in him
0: oh that's beautiful
1: oh so it's just like ah oh.
0: <laughs> did it bring you closer to him
1: so closer, yeah Which, oh, I just feels so connected to him it's a blessing to have like a brother that does this type of work
0: it must be a part of your therapeutic journey in some way too is just like connecting with your family in that way
1: yeah what normally happens in my experience Mm -hmm. is that no one in your family gets that you're changing no one does any work and it's really just like a lot of grief work that you're changing and it's a big like let go a big death in a sense yeah and it's really rare that like a, a a close family member in my experience will come along for the for the journey
0: yeah in a way like you supported him but he supported you in the same way
1: yeah. oh for sure because yeah it's just such a beautiful connection it's yeah it just brings me so much joy inspiration Damn.
0: do you have other siblings i don't think i knew you had siblings
1: i have two yeah
0: older younger
1: two older yeah
0: brother sister two brothers yeah dang three boys. Three boys. Yeah, I'm the youngest in, one. In the dwar Deol De Oliver Duarte.
1: <laughs> de Oliver Duarte. That's not bad.
0: <laughs> what did, how do you say
1: it? It's not it's not that bad, yeah.
0: <laughs> how do you say it again? jolie Jolivera. watch Dwatch. Oh, I love the ch in uh, Portuguese. Portuguese right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the t is the ch. That's so good. Yeah.
1: I was thinking of some words in English that we speak with like in Portuguese. They have lots of ch. It's fun. That's cool.
0: You said there was a
1: second success story
0: that came to mind.
1: Oh yeah, this one is amazing. So, it's a like I would guess like fifty-five year old woman. That, oh my God, she came to therapy, like really like a rough, rough story of so many like physical and sexual abuses in her past and like third marriage, she had been physically and sexually abused by her past two husbands. And so just like so much pain, like and trauma and like triggers in her body in cases like that it takes a lot of fucking courage and energy to to work through your stuff so mm-hmm. you really need to like be ready and like motivated to go in there because it, it's painful right many painful emotions
0: yeah i can imagine especially with somebody um as in ingrained or having those kind of experiences so recently and so reoccurring um yeah that would be really hard
1: Yes, the nervous system is like so like out of balance, but it's but it's workable. Like everything is, don't know if everything, but almost everything is healable from what I know. So she had like so many things coming up. But one one thing that, that comes up for me that I remember that like such a big shift is that because of all the abuses, this is the engulfment that we were talking about, all of her boundaries were destroyed. So anytime someone would like invade her somehow, like emotionally, energetically, she would just go into shock and couldn't do anything. So she would just collapse. And so part of the healing, yeah, I'm not going to go too much into that, how you heal that, but like after you work a lot through that, you actually start feeling anger, a lot of anger for all the abuses from the past. yeah it's a phase like a stage of the healing yeah and we did i don't know maybe we did like 30 sessions and she had like the person that was really triggering this wound of hers was her boss being really invasive and she would just like collapse and she was feeling like so bad and depressed and resentful but she couldn't like do anything about it set any boundaries with her boss yeah and we did like so many sessions and she would just go into her like shock and and then a memory of her dad like beating her up and and panic would arise and just like relentlessly like just feeling the panic and oh, creating more inner space to be with all those emotions. And after, I don't know, maybe like the 20 something session, there was like a very remarkable session where she came out from the shock and got in touch with the, the anger. And because we would normally go there and there was just like panic and shock. Mm-hmm. And then one day, like something happened, like we came back to a memory. And for the first time, she was like, oh, like I'm fucking angry that this person is talking like this to me. And we were like exploring the anger. This is like good anger that gives her energy to like set her boundaries again. She actually had like a big ass sword in her in her house. What? A sword? Because she practices. Like, oh, a sword. A sword. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's. And then we were just like, and the body kind of knows what it has to do to heal. Yeah. And I just asked her something like, "Okay, so what do you feel right now? Like, you need to do like to to move this energy." And she just like got up, got the sword, and started like swinging the sword. And, like, <laughs> Funny ways. <laughs> and she was just like, Whoa, like feeling this like warrior thing. mode. <laughs> yeah, warrior mode. And then in the other day, she set a boundary with her boss for the first time. And she Damn. was like, you know what? It's not okay the way you're talking to me. And she's from Northern Europe. I didn't know that, but apparently, when she sent that like a message, like a, I don't know, message to her boss, like, it's not okay the way you're talking to me, it's not working for me that's like it seems like from what i got that's like kind of message of like i might sue you and you're going to jail or something really bad is happening with you if it's something like that but like they shifted her boss like the next day wow and it was like the big like movement for her and and just like yeah just like kind of healing going to another level like being able to set like a very firm boundary which was really scary for her
0: That's amazing. And such a good reminder of how some of these battles, like to me, setting a boundary with a boss is like, you know, something that's challenging to me, but for that person, that is like, that is like their biggest battle. And that is such a good reminder that we have no idea what has led people to where they are and the decisions they're making and like, your greatness versus somebody else's greatness or your big challenge versus somebody else's big challenge are just equally valid and different, you know?
1: Life keeps reminding me of that, like every single time that I'm like, why is this person acting this way? And then, oh shit, now I get it. There's (laughs) always a reason.
0: (laughs) I say that's why I do soul stories because I'm like, I'm so quick to be like, why the fuck is that person doing that? then i like you know do like a soul stories and i like learn about somebody's story and i'm like oh oh okay okay (laughs) like yeah
1: (laughs) it makes so much sense right
0: (laughs) oh man well those are those are beautiful did you have anything else you wanted to say on that
1: yeah there's so many things but like i guess those are the stories it's really beautiful like seeing and it takes a lot of fucking work for sure God,
0: the work you do is so amazing, Gabe, and I, I think I'm so grateful for what you do. The, the thing I want you to like, answer is why should somebody pursue the path of healing and if they've already pursued it, continue on the path of healing?
1: Okay. The first thing that comes to my mind is that, like, there's no way around it. Life is going <laughs> to there, whether you like it or not.
0: <laughs> that's a good answer
1: <laughs> but yeah it's just mm, it's the path towards like being more loving towards yourself towards others towards uh, understanding more yourself more others being more compassionate uh being more joyful more relaxed more peaceful and at the end that's what we want right yeah, we just want to be happy. Yeah, we just want to be relaxed. And, and this comes up too for me. Like, I guess this is a good way of framing it. This is your natural state of being. Loving and like emphatic, empathetic, and just like open, curious. And, and we were just so wounded. There's so many like illusions, literally illusions from the past. Things that are not true, falsehood that is blocking you from your essence from your, like your true self, we could say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, like something inside of us knows that. They're like, I don't want to live my life. Like just reacting to falsehood, to illusions. And like, and if you don't deal with this stuff, inevitably, like in my experience, you're going to create pain, suffering. You're going to be loving towards yourself, towards others. You're going to attract that. And that's why I said it's inevitable because it's at some point it becomes so painful that you just have to go inside and deal with it.
0: Yeah, that's my experience too. Is it's not like I had like some special quality that pushed me to this. It was actually just that I was like, Oh, this way of being is awful, and I just don't want it to be like this anymore.
1: Yeah. And and it's a part of the process, like to suffer for sure, to to feel the pain and like ah shit, like I want to change this, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. This is, you are for the listener who maybe, you know, whether I post these videos or not, when Gabe was like taking pauses, he was legitimately like closing his eyes, breathing, feeling into his body. And that's just the kind of guy you are. You're just, you just have like a presence about you. And I really
1: appreciate that. Yeah. Uh. It's such a pleasure being here, like with you, especially. Just yeah, love connecting with you and sharing all this stuff.
0: Well, uh, how can they find you if anybody wants to like do a session with you or get to know
1: you? So this is the hard part. <laughs> 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 I'm finishing a website right now, but it's all it's all in Portuguese. Ah. Um, uh, the, the link, if there are any like Portuguese speakers listening, which I doubt there are many. No, I don't no. have a
0: big Portuguese audience. Where uh, <laughs> Maybe we work out right? because of you if you share it with people. Though.
1: I'm going to share, yeah. No, you're <laughs> going to have And But you, you can email me. I guess that's the best option. And then I'll send you like a message and like share more about my work, how it works, and whatnot.
0: Well, we'll put your email in the link description. And also, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to Gabe, you can also talk to me. Um, and get a hold of me, and we can also get you connected with Gabe's WhatsApp because Gabe's WhatsApp is where I go for it. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also, oh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, but it's all in Portuguese too. <laughs> can,
0: oh, well, they could see your beautiful face on there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just remember, like, because I have, like, a few, right, American friends from all the trips I've, I've been there. There's one that was always like, man, like, I always love seeing Gabriel. Like I smoke a joints, and I'm like seeing him like talking in Portuguese. <laughs> Is that really so? What somebody said to you? <laughs> Tripping see, watching me speak Portuguese.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, man. Well, you know, so much love to you, dude.
1: Yeah, you too, man. So much to Chelsea, too. Oh.
0: Yeah, I'll tell her you said so hi. Awesome. Well, Mm. thanks again. beijus, Beijinhos. All the love to everyone. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode and supporting the podcast. I absolutely love this project. I want to thank you, the listener, our guests, for sharing their incredible stories. And Kamga Chasa, the magic maker, the producer of the Soul Stories podcast. If you want to support us, leave a rating and or review. Share it with a family member or a friend. This is Danny signing off.